For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Before MLB Pipeline's list comes out, we decided to make our own top 30 Mariners prospects. In this episode of the Hit It Here podcast, we're going to go through numbers 30 through number one. We're going to go all the way to the top, baby. And we're going to talk about a couple different guys here, including a lot of the guys in the top 10. Thank you so much for watching episode 55 of the Hit It Here podcast, the Guillermo Quiros episode of the Hit It Here podcast. I'm here with Joe. Literally, here with Joe. Literally. I'm here with Joe. Uh, it's very good so far. You didn't ask. I know you don't care. It's been very good having you here with me Okay. for however long you've been, but cool. we're here for the top 30 prospects, okay? And we've made this list a couple times. This time in the offseason for the first time in 2024, our list is starting off with a new addition, Darren Bowen, making the list at 30. Number 29 is Marcelo Perez, who I think recently got added to the top 30 as well. Up next is Zach Deloach, protected in the Rule 5 you know, that era of the Mariners offseason, Zach Deloach, still a prospect. He's like 50. I don't know how he's a prospect still. Up next, another new addition, Reed Van Scooter is here. And rounding out the first group here is a guy that's, I think, hanging on for dear life, Axel Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sanchez has fallen quite far from, he was in the top 10 before, wasn't he? Or like 13 Fringe, or something like, like that. Yeah, yeah, top 15. And like now he's... On, on the verge of falling off the list here. And honestly, you can bet that we're going to talk about Darren Bowen, but first, a word from Bet Online. It's playoff time. The NFL championship round for the playoffs has been set. The Chiefs versus the Ravens and the Niners versus the Lions. And the road to Vegas goes through San Francisco and Baltimore. If you're wondering where the game starts, well, it starts on Bet Online. And if you want to place a bet on any of the championship rounds or the Super Bowl, you're going to want to do it on Bet Online, okay? Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props, Bet Online also has you covered with mobile and desktop access. So if you want to do it from your computer or say you're already on the couch waiting for the game to start, you can place a bet there anytime, any place, no matter what. Head to Bet Online today and stay up to date on all the action. And when you're there, make sure to use promo code Believe. That's B L E A V when you get there. And remember, it's Bet Online. The game starts here. So Darren Bowen in 2023, he was in single A, had a 4-2 record and a 3-8-8 ERA. 19 games, he started 15 of those games. He did pitch out of relief in the minor leagues. 55.2 innings pitch, and yeah, he struck out 59. Hitters. Batters. Batters. In the, in, in the 55 and two-thirds. His, uh, what are you doing? His, his case per nine was 9.54. His walks per nine was a little high at 4.04. So overall, Darren Bowen's a guy who, still young, but if he can kind of rein in that control, I think that he could be one of the better pitching prospects in a Mariners farm system that has lost a lot of them over the past couple of years to due to graduations. He is a bit on the older side for being, you know, True. just in, in A-ball. So in Modesto, he was 22, but... This is a guy I think he will start climbing the ranks pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, give it give it time. He'll be 23 in like two weeks. Yeah. Oh, happy early birthday. Happy man. early birthday, bro. But let's move on, Joe. It's a fly. And if you guys hear a meep sound in the background, that's Joe's dog. She's very excited that I'm here, unlike Joe. Yeah, not excited at all. But we're moving on with the list. At 25, we've got Walter Ford, the Vanilla Missile. 
Um, continuing to kind of fall down the list, unfortunately. Up next, Ashton Izzy at 24. Another pitching prospect here, Jimmy Joyce, who entered the top 30 for the first time last year. He's here at 23. At 22, we've got Ben Williamson drafted in the MLB draft last year. Very exciting for him. And rounding out this group is Alberto Rodriguez. He was in the top 20 last year. I had him sliding down a little bit. Still put up decent numbers last year. But Colton, let's talk about Jimmy Joyce. So Jimmy Joyce started the year in Everett in 2023. He was 2-0 with a 1.6 ERA in nine games. 39.1 innings pitched for... The Everett Aqua Sox, and then he moved on to Double A Arkansas, where he was 0-3 with a 3.82 in seven games and 30 and two thirds innings pitched. He struck out 29 hitters in those 30 and two thirds. He does have a 50 grade fastball. A lot of these grades for these pitchers here, they're going to be around the 40s and 50 range here when we're not within the top 10. But a 50 grade fastball, 45 grade curveball, 50 grade changeup. 45 control and just a 40 overall prospect here for Jimmy Joyce, but he did pitch very, very well in Everett. I expect him to start again this year in Arkansas in double A to continue the winning tradition in the Mariners minor league systems. Last year was a phenomenal year for the Mariners across the board in the minor leagues. And I think Jimmy Joyce is going to continue to have another great year in 2024. So moving on now, we are within the top 20 at 20. We have Michael Morales. Then at 19, Jeter Martinez, a big jump for him from where we had him in our last rankings. Number 18, we have Preylander Baroa. At 17, we have Aiden Smith. And at 16, we have Ryan Bliss. Joe, tell me a little bit about first Jeter Martinez. You want me to talk about Jeter Martinez because yeah. I have him cracking the top 20. Uh-huh. I really like Jeter Martinez. He's a guy that I've been high on. I think, I mean, when we first signed him, I was like, get him in the top 30. And our list last year, I think I put him in the top 30 right as soon as he signed, but that was not the case. He did have a phenomenal Dominican Summer League where he pitched in 10 games through 47 innings where he pitched to a 1.72 ERA. That's phenomenal stuff from Jeter Martinez. And he's in the top 30 now. He's only at 27. But when the re-rank comes out tomorrow, you're hearing this on Thursday, it's coming out tomorrow, I think he might be in the top 20. But we really wanted to talk about another 2023 draft pick Aiden Smith, he was 13th in the system at the time of this recording. Don't know where he's going to fall to or if he's going to be a riser in Pipeline's rankings, but we've got him dropping a little bit because I think some of the more premier outfield prospects in that draft last year kind of took away some of the spotlight. Johnny Farmello was late to report to Modesto, whereas Aiden Smith was, I think, pretty quickly there in Modesto last year. He only played in 14 games and had 49 at-bats to a 184 average. So he's young. He was drafted last year. He's only 19. So give these guys time. You're not going to expect, you know, these incredible things like Colt Emerson or Lazaro Montes was doing out of everybody. But Aiden Smith... He's got a lot of young, raw talents. He's, like I said, super young. 55 hit, 50 power. Got 60 runs, so he's pretty quick out there. Got a nice arm at 60 rating as well for an overall of 45. So Aiden Smith, I think, you know, one step back, but then two steps forward by the end of the year. This is a guy I could see cracking into the top 10 if he develops well. And I think he has the chance to. Yeah, Aiden Smith, his birthday, by the way, July 23rd, 2004. Young boy. He's going to be 20 years old. In July, and I think that he has plenty of time, and you don't, the Mariners don't need to rush him to the major leagues for any reason whatsoever. So maybe having him, you know, where we have him here, right around the top twenty, is a little high. But at the same time, you know, the Mariners' farm system is really top heavy, in my opinion. I think that you look at the top ten, and it's some of the best 
minor leaguers in all of baseball, in my opinion. But as you get towards the bottom, it is a little more hit and miss. Moving on now, we're going to go take a look at the 15 through 11. And at 15, we have Teddy McGraw, Mariners pitching prospect. At 14, we have Jonathan Classe. 13, Emerson Hancock, who we'll, we'll have a lot to say about that. And at 12, Johnny Farmello. And 11, Tyler Locklear. So Tyler Locklear is what I want to touch on really quickly. He was in the top 10 for the pipeline, like overall first baseman, which I think is really exciting. Tyler Locklear recognition. I think he's kind of rising to the ranks. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the top 10. I just left him out of the top 10 because I feel like there's some more explosive talent. Whereas like Locklear is going to be a guy that you can kind of, tr he's a bit more steady of a prospect. Whereas like his ceiling isn't as high. You mentioned when you're talking about Emerson Hancock. I didn't know if I wanted to rank him because he's probably just going to graduate here pretty soon, but I feel like he's falling out of the top 10. He's still going to like, again, he's still good. He's still a potential number five, maybe number four out there in the MLB. He still has plenty of time to develop, but where Emerson Hancock was amongst the ranks of Logan Gilbert and George Kirby when he was first drafted, definitely a bit of a fall from grace there, but a guy that didn't have a chance to pitch in 2023, Teddy McGraw, a guy that we made the mistake of leaving off our last list and accent yelled at us in the comments when we did that. He did not make any professional ball appearances for the Mariners after being drafted because he had Tommy John surgery. First one happened in 2019 and then he had another reconstructive surgery right before his senior year was going to start in 2023. So wasn't able to pitch. Not really sure how to rank him properly. He's 17th right now on pipeline. We have him jumping up to 15 because there's a lot to like about what he's got to offer. And I think you know, we're just going to be able to see him develop. He's probably going to start, what, Modesto? He's 22, so yeah, maybe he starts he's been in, on the older side. Yeah. yeah, so maybe he starts in Everett. I'm not sure. But Teddy McGraw is a guy that, you know, he can hit 98 if he's given it all. But do we really want to trust that with a maybe dodgy elbow? I'm not so sure. Sir, I was going to say sure or certain about that. I'm not so certain about that. But anything else you want to note about Teddy McGraw here, Colton? I think that it's just when you look at the Mariners pitching prospects right now, they're just kind of like, you know, they're, they're there, but it's not quite the George Kirby, Logan Gilbert, even Emerson Hancock um, type of prospects the Mariners have right now. Because if you go back through their drafts, they drafted, you know, I think they went Gilbert, Kirby, like back-to-back -back or something like that. Yeah, back-to-back -back years. Yeah, and then they went, last couple of years, they went Cole Young, you know, they got Harry Ford, Colt Emerson, etc. So they've kind of shifted their focus now from college arms, which is, I think, you know, what they wanted to build this team off of was big impact arms for the starting rotation. Now they've kind of veered off of that path with the arms already in the major leagues. They've veered off to now drafting younger hitters up the middle. So, I mean, it's just like the natural progression of things, in my opinion. So none of these guys are all that exciting. I think we only have what? One, we have one pitcher in the top 10, and that's mm -hmm. going to be coming up soon. I would never spoil anything. How dare you? Something that I think is interesting just for pitching prospects is like, sure, Gilbert was a first rounder, right? Mm -hmm. Kirby a first rounder and then Hancock was a first rounder but like Bryce Miller and Brian Wu right. were not. Teddy McGraw was a third rounder last year and he's on the older side so this could be a very similar situation to like say Brian Wu, a guy that had elbow surgeries, arm injury history in general and then quickly shot up through the ranks and became a bona fide number five number four for the Mariners in what a year and a half, two years so like Teddy McGraw could be a guy to might be a sleeper pick to watch out for who could quickly jump up these rankings and make impact for the Mariners in a couple years' time. His ETA is 2026, and we're into the top 10, Colton. We are, and that's going to be a newcomer, Joe. Or should I say, 
Joseph, DeWall Joseph is coming in at number 10. God, that was so good. So good. DeWall Joseph coming in at number 10. A shortstop out of the Dominican Republic, obviously just signed out of the international period. Looking at DeWall Joseph, he has a hit tool of 55, a power of 50, run of 55, arm of 50, and fielding of 55 with an overall of 55. I mean, that's pretty... It's well-rounded. That's really well-rounded. That's some of the higher numbers you're going to see for a guy as young as he is. But I think that, you know, some of the... Um, uh, comparisons. Uh huh. Some of the comparisons we've seen have been to Byron Buxton. Hey, similar build. Why not? Sure, I'll take it. You know, tall, lanky guy like that. I think that DeWall Joseph slots right in here into the top 10. Obviously, you know, we'll wait to see where Pipeline has him, but Felon Celestine, we did have ranked pretty high. I think we had him three, four last year. Three or four, but I think he debuted in the, like, at five, maybe, or six. Maybe. But currently, Felon Celestine, he's sitting at number seven in the Mariners system, so, you know, Kind of was hampered by some injuries last year and the visa issues I think you were mentioning at the beginning of spring training in our last podcast. So, again, don't expect Joseph, I think, to jump up to the top five because Celestin was a higher-ranked international prospect last year when we signed him. And if he wasn't an automatic bid for the top five, expect Joseph in the in or, in or around the 10 range, I would say. And then I, I gave a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here. The one pitching prospect in the top 10 for the Mariners is... Someone we just acquired this offseason in the trade with the Atlanta Braves. We sent Jared Kelnick away. And the guy we got back, yeah, look at it. It's sad. Cole Phillips, a guy who, similar to Teddy McGraw, has not pitched professional baseball. He's currently ranked 15th in the Mariners prospect system. He was drafted in 2022 by Atlanta, obviously. He's got a 70-grade fastball, people. It's electric and if he can work on developing any of his other tools as a pitcher secondary pitches working on his command which is currently a 50 grade it's not even that bad for a raw 20 year old pitching prospect Cole Phillips is making his professional debut this year and I think he honestly is the best pitching prospect in the Mariners farm system right now but I couldn't put him ahead of other guys who have been there done that in the Mariners system for a little bit of time now that leads us into Michael Arroyo yeah, it's fine, Joe. I honestly didn't want to talk one bit about Cole Phillips from my side. I'm glad that you asked. Did you um, want to? You know, maybe a little bit. I, I think that Cole... Go ahead. I think that Cole Phillips, you know, has a high floor with that 70-grade fastball. If nothing else, he could probably be a high-leverage reliever. Uh, of course, there's always injury risk with guys like that, throwing as hard as they do, as young as they are. But overall, I think that Cole Phillips is someone that we're still probably four or five years away from seeing. Eh, maybe not that far. Probably at least three say at least three years away from seeing Cole Phillips, but he is kind of the big get in the Kelnick trade other than obviously the money saved. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jackson Coar. I was like, what? Other than Jackson Coar, our new number one top prospect. Stay tuned. Anyways, Michael Arroyo, Colton, after you were able to give your piece about Cole Phillips. I'm, gra- I'm glad you were able to do that, really. Thank you. Truthfully. Michael Arroyo started off the 2023 season in the Complex League, and he was lighting the world on fire in only four games, so you know, keep in mind, it's only four games, but a 6.36 average. Dude had 13 plate appearances and had a 6.36 average. His WRC Plus was almost 300. And then after moving to Modesto, he did slow down. In 57 games across 209 at-bats, he only had a 2.34 average. So it's not terrible, but definitely a little bit more to be desired from Michael Arroyo after hitting at a 600 clip, right? He is not really a big power guy. He's a small middle infielder. More contact speed combo there. I've seen some comparisons to like a Howie Kendrick or maybe even like a Josh Harrison. So a nice utility role player 
at his floor, maybe. So he's currently ranked fifth in the Mariner system. I feel like he's going to fall down because there have been some big risers, I think, throughout the end of last year coming into the 2024 campaign. Any final thoughts on Michael Arroyo? Thank you so much for asking. Yeah, when it comes to the shortstops in the Mariners minor league system, I mean, it's just hard to rank all these guys right now because there's about a million of them. And obviously, that's kind of the Mariners' game plan when it comes to drafting in terms of just signing young guys. It's find the most athletic guy, which usually you have your most athletic guy at shortstop. So it would explain why, you know, as we get a little bit closer to the top here, you're going to hear a few more shortstops on this list. And uh, that is not going to include number seven, Ty Pete. He's kind of a shortstop. He's a utility, like shortstop maybe grades out better to a third baseman, but was positionless in Modesto because of other guys that will eventually be named. But Ty Pete, he was another first rounder that the Mariners picked up last year in the complex league, had a bit more success, hit 351, put up a 125 WRC plus, is in limited action, is only in 10 games, but dude was showing that he can hit the hell out of the baseball, and he did that in Modesto as well. There was a game where he hit two grand slams. Dude has raw power. It's one of his greatest assets, I'd say, but he's another freak athlete. Colton, anything else you'd like to add about number seven, Ty Pete here? Yeah, Ty Pete's a guy who does run a bit of a strikeout risk. I mean, that's just going to come with the territory when it comes from a guy that has as much power as he does. Again, like you said, I think he grades out better as a third baseman in the future, but he's still so young. He's 18 years old. I think there's plenty of time for Ty Pete to grow into something more than he is right now. Obviously, when you see guys come that get drafted immediately and then they go and play, you know, in the complex league or what have you, you can't really take those numbers into account. They were just sitting there playing college ball. So it's like that many games is just, that's a lot. It's hard to get players that you just drafted and then immediately throw them into big league action or professional action. Yeah. But I think that the Mariners have done a really good job with that, especially with these top 10 guys. He was like, I don't want to say like a fringe two-way player. I'm sure that's probably going away. Because, you know, the the longevity of it might not be super possible. But Ty Pete's a guy that I think is going to rise up the boards a bit. He's ranked 10th right now. Got him at 7. I don't know what his what his floor is. But a guy that we've got kind of falling through the floor a little bit here. Former top 3 in the top 100 prospects. We've got Gabby Gonzalez at 6. Yeah, Gabby's a guy, an outfielder for the Seattle Mariners. His ETA is twenty twenty five, so like he's not that far away, but he is someone that just because of the nature of what the Mariners have been adding over the past, you know, calendar year, he's gonna start slowly falling down the list because whether that be prospect fatigue or what have you, in twenty twenty three in single A he had three forty eight. So I mean, hey, nine home runs, fifty one runs, fifty four RBI. He's a guy that does run again a strikeout risk, but in uh high A he hit two fifteen in 43 games, and he only put together nine home runs there as well. So, I don't know. Nine home runs in 43 games compared to nine home runs in 73 games? I mean, come on. A lot of power there, but a guy that does run, again, like I said, a high strikeout risk. I think he's still a good trade chip for the Seattle Mariners. I don't necessarily know where he slots in when it comes to in a couple of years' time in that outfield. Obviously, Julio's out there, but Gabby's a guy that I think we've both thrown into a lot of trade packages hoping to maximize his value. I don't know. What do you think about Gabby? I think last year where he's, you know, hitting above 300 in single A might be the peak of his value, realistically. And it's not any slack against him just because with the way, the way that the Mariners prospect system is developing, he is just going to kind of slowly fall down some, like, pegs unless he gets back to his hitting ways. That's his big thing is when he's on fire, he is pretty much unstoppable. Dude can hit 
like no other. It's just he has very big hot and cold streaks. Yeah, someone that I really do want to talk about and their athleticism is this card of me that Joe has on his desk. Let's talk a little bit about that, Joe. Can you please hand that to me? This is going to be our number five prospect here. And let me just... Uh. Yep. Yeah, that's me. That's on my desk. I can't believe I never signed this for you. That's crazy. You could right now. You want me to? No. All right. Well, then we're going to move on now to one of my favorite guys, and that is Lazaro Montez. Young Jordan. Young your daddy. This guy has massive power, but he has to hit. He, if, he, if he doesn't hit, it's going to be rough going for Lazaro because, honestly, he doesn't have a whole lot of other tools other than his massive power. He's 19 years old. Again, a guy that was from the Dominican, I believe, right? Um, I think he's... I feel like... Is he not Cuban? Is Cuban. He? Oh, he is Cuban. Yeah, that makes sense with the with the young Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The comparisons there. Uh, in Modesto, he hit 321, 429, 565 with a 994 OPS in 33 games. He also hit seven home runs in his time there with 30 RBI, 39 strikeouts though. Lazaro Montez is going to strike out. And as he makes his way through the ranks, he's a guy that might be positionless. Like as we get a little bit further along, I don't know if he's going to be the, the corner outfielder of the future for the Seattle Mariners. He might just be a DH, but kind of like young Jordan. I think something that could be intriguing if they want to lengthen his potential or increase his potential, give him a bit more longevity as a player. Having him practice first base a little bit might be interesting. I think it could fit pretty well. Whether or not he's got the tools to do it, has the footwork to do it, I'm not entirely sure. That's just me kind of throwing a, a dart and just saying like, hey, maybe do this. But you're right. He's more of a DH only type. He was super exciting to watch in Modesto last year, part of the championship run there. Lazaro Montez, Baseball America had him in the top 100. I wouldn't be surprised if Pipeline does as well. But I could not put him ahead of the, I think, highest ceiling prospect in our system of Felon and Celestine. So Felon and Celestine with the Mariners, he's a shortstop, he's a switch hitter, throws right, he is 18 years old, and hopefully we get to see him soon, having, you know, some sort of professional appearances, appearances? Appearances, stateside, hopefully. He has ha he has drawn a lot of comparisons to some players we will not name. Francisco uh, Lindor, we yeah, can name. Yeah, we can name Francisco Lindor, it's not any of the other guys mm -hmm. that um, he drew comparisons to, but he has an ETA of like 2028. 20, so... He's a ways out. I mean, if he somehow tears it up, then sure, he still is one of the highest ranked prospects in the system, even without really playing last year. So I think that because of that, it's just so hard to not look at the future of Felon and Celestine as a guy for the Mariners that has the possibility to be as close to a superstar as Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, I think there's a reason why he was the number two ranked international prospect in the class last year, right, right behind Ethan Salas. So... Again, that's why he's so high on our list. It might be a little, we might be a little bullish on him, personally. He wasn't in the the top ten in the like pipeline shortstop rankings, but neither was the highest draft pick for the Mariners in twenty twenty three. Colt Emerson, another guy that was drafted, went to the Complex League, tore it up, went to Modesto, won a championship in the California League. There, he's eighteen. Another super young guy. A guy that might not stick at shortstop, though, might grade out better as a third baseman or even a second baseman. There's there's room for him to grow, but he's a super freak athlete there. 
60 hit tool, 50 power tool, 50 run, 55 arm, 50 fielding with an overall 50. That Those numbers are going to go up. Those numbers can fluctuate, by the way. Those scouting grades, they can go up and down. I was looking at Julio's from like way back when. His speed tool was as low as I think 45 at one point, and that's just hilarious to look back on. Cole Emerson, he is a guy that can just hit. He can just rake. In Modesto, 302 average, a 436 on base with a 444 slugging and an 880 OPS across 16 games and 63 at bats. Not a ton of power, only one homer, but he did hit six doubles, so he's able to stretch out some singles into doubles. He is going to be, I think, the third ranked prospect. There's no way that he is going to be behind anybody else other than our top two here. With that being said, I think he could have been ranked higher. You think he's? You think he could be better than our number two guy? I do think that he has a chance to be better than our number two guy. Again, maybe that's prospect fatigue, but our number two is going to be Harry Ford. And I forgot to mention also, Colt Emerson's. It's just short for Colton. Is it? No, I didn't think so. Anyway, Harry Ford. Everybody is really pushing for catcher Harry Ford to be on this team sooner rather than later. In my opinion, and in our opinion, I think he we we need to take time. Take he needs to take his time. Because he's someone that you don't want to rush to the major leagues. Obviously, what we saw out of him in the WBC was nothing short of incredible. But he did struggle a little bit in high A. In 118 games, he hit 257 with 15 home runs, 89 runs, and 67 RBI. He did walk 103 times, though, to 109 strikeouts. That strikeout rate was right around 19.4%, with that walk rate coming in at 18.3. That is incredible. He also did, maybe the batting average on balls in play was something that affected him because obviously it went down a little bit from previous years where it had been 358 in 2022 down to 307 in 2023. Still a great number, but overall, I think that Harry Ford, what was he ranked in uh, catching prospects? I think third or fourth. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone knows about Harry Ford. There's no secret here. I, you know, maybe Cole Emerson could have leapfrogged him as well, but I wanted to still keep that level of separation between Colt Emerson and our number one prospect here in terms of the shortstops in our system. Cause there's a lot, there's a lot of good young infield talent here, but Harry Ford, the ETA is 2025. Like you're saying people want him up now for whatever, not now, maybe not now. That's a little me being a little silly, but there are people that want Harry Ford to be impactful for the marriage. And I think the best way to do that is to let him develop. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. because you don't want to rush him. You want him to be the best player that he can be. But a guy that I think is closer, closer to being ready than Harry Ford is the number one overall prospect. I think, you know, last time we did this, I had a little pushback. I wanted Harry Ford to still be the number one. It's definitive now. Cole Young is the best prospect in the Mariners system. I think he was ranked ninth in the MLB Pipeline top shortstop. Big shortstop class. Obviously, there's guys like Jackson Holiday and a bunch of other names that I can't think of right now. Colson Montgomery. But... Cole, Cole Young, Cole Emerson and Cole Young are going to be nightmarish for us in the future. It's going to be terrible. He was ranked ninth. I could have seen him as like high as seven mm-hmm. because he was just consistently good all year in high A. He started out in Modesto, but continued to grow when he got to Everett. It wasn't one of those situations where he was doing better in the lower league. Like He got better as the season went on. He started out in Modesto, 78 games, had 303 at-bats to a 267 average. Strikeout rate there was 13.8% with a 14.4 walk percentage. So he's walking more than he's striking out, which is great. Similar to the shortstop in the major leagues right now, J.P. Crawford. I don't think J.P. walked more than he struck out, but you get the point. He's boasting a high walk percentage, and he continued to do that in Everett as well, a 14.8 walk percentage. K percentage goes up a little bit to 16.5, but he hit better. 
in Everett than he did in Modesto. A 142 WRC plus across those 48 games he played in Everett. 192 at-bats. He hit 292. Cole Young's a dude that can just go out there and slap the ball all over the field. And he's not a slouch, I think, in the field either. Like, he might not be the the best defensive shortstop. Might grade out better as a second baseman, in my opinion. But, Colton... Give me sure, give me some stuff about Cole Young. He has a 60 grade hit tool, a 45 grade power, 55 grade run, 55 grade arm, and a 50 grade fielding, field, fielding with an overall of 55. Cole Young is a guy who I agree with you, Joe, that he was probably grades out better as a second baseman. In the end, I think that if you had to put all the guys we've talked about, I would have Cole Young at second, Ty Pete at third, and probably Felnin over there at uh, short, and then. Colt Emerson can just, you know, be like a rover and just take over all three. You know okay. what I mean? Like, it, in a perfect world, obviously. In my opinion, the Mariners don't keep all four of these guys. How dare you? I know. But Colt, <laughs> after we talked about them at large for so long, hyping them up, we're going to get rid of them? Well, we're not going to get rid of me. Um, Cole Young is... <laughs> Cole Young, I think, like you said, is going to be a little bit closer. I think that you could maybe... And that's a firm maybe see him towards the end of 2024, like very end. Mm-hmm. Um, he Would he break camp in 2025? Maybe. I would say that Cole Young, at the earliest, you would probably see him is breaking camp 2025. Harry Ford's a guy I think you would probably see later 2025, just based on how they've been. Cole Young at the end of the year in 2024, similar to an Evan Carter call-up, could be a spark plug that kind of pushes the Mariners over the edge at the end of the year if he's hitting well. The entire season. I think. Do you think he starts in Double A, or do you I think was he's about in... to ask you the same thing? I think that he probably starts in Everett. But I think I so. I think it's a quick, like quick, like you know, like twenty games. Yeah, and then boom. I just think with how big of a log jam they've got in the True. infield with Everett, like Colt Emerson, I don't think he's going to see Modesto. I think he's going straight to Everett next year, at the start. So I don't know. If that's you know me being a little high on him in that regard, but I think Emerson starting in Everett, Cole Young starting in Arkansas. Bliss starting in AAA, obviously in Tacoma, because he's closer. But So who's your favorite prospect, Joe? My favorite? I, I, I like Colt Emerson quite a bit. I think having being able to go see him play in Modesto, like that one opportunity I got to, it was just, you could tell that there was just this like air about him, that he knows that he is, he's a confident individual, I'd say, and he knows like what he wants to do at the plate. Like, at any given moment. Like, he has command over those situations really well, which is a good sign for the mental side of the game, I think. Just having that level of confidence and the ability to stay cool in big situations. Cole Emerson is a guy that I'm pretty fond of, and he's only been in the system for six months. Yep. Colton, I don't think I need to ask you, but go ahead and... And, you know, heart eye emoji about Lazaro Montez a little bit more. Everybody loves Lazaro Montez. All right. But I love him more than you. I, not, I, not you. Just anyone. You. You. <laughs> I like Lazaro Montez more than you. That big power tool, it just gets me going, man. You know? I love home runs. You know what I love more than home run show? What's that? Breakout players. And we want you to take a look at who we think the next breakout player for the Seattle Mariners is in this video on the screen right now. Thank you guys so much for checking out episode 55, the Tony Zick episode of the Hit It Here podcast presented by Bet Online and Go Mariners.